Good to have you back. Hopefully you're enjoying your Thursday, getting you ready for Friday, weekend. Kind of a weird weekend, no football, you know? Not much happening. A little strange. Me, I'm going to be enjoying it, uh, just a full weekend off. Uh, what was really interesting was, did you notice anything this week, Grant? Just in general, this week? <laughs> just in general, just weird weirdness. Mm, nothing that comes to mind. No huddle. Oh. <laughs> Last night. I mean, we just, we got, you, you got to do your show and go home. That's right. I mean, because our huddle goes all the way up until we leave for Super Bowl. And then once we leave for Super Bowl, we're working uh, on those, those nights. And, and, you know, we're out and about and doing things and, you know, doing networking and all that kind of So last night it was kind of like, uh, I was sitting here and I'm thinking, man, I, I got something to do. And I, and I was running my errands and I'm hurrying up and I'm thinking, wait a minute, I don't have to be home to do a show at six o'clock. No, you're the end of the huddle. You're correct. Um, and I, I didn't think about this until now, but uh, last night when I left work, I'm like, I, I feel like I want to work more. Can I do more right? with Bill today? There was no part of me that thought, wow, it's nice going home at six o'clock instead of no, 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 no. Oh I, no, I, it was. Uh, you're full of crap because it was great. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was pretty great. Well, also the the struggle is. The farther you get into the postseason, there's fewer games to talk about. So all throughout right. the course of the regular season, right, when we do our pick segment or we look forward to the weekend, there's, you know, a dozen games or whatever, and yeah. we can nitpick three or four of them. But when you get down to the conference championship game, there's just less to talk about. Right. No, I agree. I, I But it was just – it was, uh, was kind of nice. Uh, last night I was just sitting there, and I got home. I was running around. I got home, and I'm thinking I don't have anything to do. And so I went down to the bar – and I grabbed a beverage and walked around the house. I picked up a few things. I finished my laundry. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of like meandering around like I, like a zombie. I'm like, I don't know what to do with myself now. You know, it's kind of weird that way. Uh, and Brandon, yes, you are correct. This weekend, uh, we don't have football, but you have the Super Bowl of racing. You got the uh, the granddaddy. You've got the Daytona 500 this weekend. So at least. Between that and golf, by the way, Tiger Woods uh, was even par today. I, you know, for people that wanted to tell me that, uh, so far in the Genesis tournament. Remember, the Genesis tournament is the infamous tournament in which he had the car accident that blew up that leg. Um, but anyway, um, oh, speaking of Tiger, did you see, do you watch Vice Network at all? Are no, you a Vice watcher? But I'm intrigued. Vi- Keep going. Vice Vice Network uh, does a lot of really interesting stuff. And they do a lot of stuff with the language that you and I would use when we're not on the air. It's it's very blatant. It's very raw. But they do a lot of interesting stuff. Now, they they do the exposés of Playboy and Hugh Hefner. They do the exposés of certain adult topic things. But they I don't know what it is. But they are coming out with a documentary of all the behind-the-scenes stuff from people that knew what was going on behind the scenes uh, about Tiger Woods. They're doing a complete expose on all the behind the scenes of Tiger Woods. Now, for Tiger's sense, it's like, oh, God, it just it won't ever end. But for consumption of our own weird we want to know uh, thought process, it is it's coming up on Vice. I'm not quite sure when it is. I know it's right around the corner, whether it's this weekend or whatever. But, yeah, they're doing a whole expose of what exactly went down from the time the Tiger really gained popularity 
to the you know the the women to the marriage to then you know obviously getting divorced and what happened that fateful night uh, during Thanksgiving and then obviously the car wreck and how he's kind of you know, I think it's called the the nine lives of Tiger Woods or something like that but it's 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 it looks intriguing from what I've seen I just haven't seen it yet so keep that in the back of your mind uh, and yes the Daytona 500 is this weekend the granddaddy of racing short of the Indianapolis 500 the Daytona 500 this weekend as well. So, And I'll probably get back in time to probably catch the end of it. Uh, we're going to be driving back from Illinois, from Chicago, from the cesspool that is, but uh, we're going to be uh, heading back from down there. Uh, 877-867-1670. Let's go to the phones, talk to our buddy Gerard. Gerard, what's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, Bill. I got a couple of things I'd like to talk about, and I don't know if you know this, but I've been a St. Louis Cardinal baseball fan and a Boston Celtic basketball fan as long as I've been a backup fan. I think you mentioned that, yeah. In the early 60s. So, so you've been t- you were talking about now, now John Denton, who I know, he's been a beat writer for like just about two years for the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's pretty good. But the guy that – there's two guys that if you ever got on your show, Bernie McLass. He has his own show, but it's later on in the day. And he's been around forever. He's in his 60s. He's super smart and very upfront. And Andy Vance like. Andy Vance like is tremendous. He would tell you everything that you want to hear and you don't want to hear about the Cardinals. And I love those guys. See, I like that. You're, you're like that. You always give, you, you're not, you know, cream coating everything. You know what I mean? You, you yeah. can tell it like it is. And about the Cardinals, <clears throat> now you, what you said before was somewhat co- correct because what happened is they don't want to spend money because of the Bally's thing. So everybody's pushing for them to go out there and sign, re-sign Montgomery, you know, sign him back. And they, and, they, and they won't do it because they generally, the Cardinals don't give long-term contracts to pitchers. And they have to change their model, and they have it. Now, the DeWitt's the owners are the fourth richest owners in baseball. They can buy anybody and get anybody they want. And, and look, the Cardinals were in last place last year, and they drew over 3 million fans. And this is what kills the Cardinal fan base, including me. They went out there and we got Gibson, who's not bad. He won 15 games with Baltimore. Lansley gave up 40 homers last year. They're mm-hmm. hoping they could change a few things. They always so, Now, Gray is tremendous. Gray is a tremendous pitcher. He's a great yes. competitor. They added some pieces to the bullpen. Now, I'm going to tell you, 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 told, you spoke about age. The only two old guys on the field, Goldschmidt's in his last year of his contract, and he's going to give you 25-85 and hit 285, okay? Mm-hmm. Arenado is going to have a bounce back here. The other guys are all young. Walker and Gorman are monsters. They're going to hit 35 homers easily. If they were in your ballpark, Either one of them would hit 40 homers. Then Donovan's a tremendous player. Newt Bars are really good. Contreras had a great year last year. And Wynn, the shortstop, let me tell you about Wynn. He came up uh, the last part of the season, so he's going to be a rookie this year. He is tremendous. He throws the ball from shortstop over 100 miles an hour. He can field. He's going to be a tremendous hitter. They got a lot of players, a lot of players. And they're mostly coming up, and they got a couple of – Decent players still down on the farm. But I'm going to tell you, if they signed another pitcher, like a Montgomery and Todd, they would challenge. But the problem is they're depending on too much of these guys 
to pitch over five innings and pitch long. That's why they did this. That's why they right. claimed they went out and got veterans because the younger pitchers weren't going even five innings and it was killing the bullpen and killing the team. So they're hoping they get six or seven innings out of this and Matt's is healthy. So they're counting on a lot of stuff. You know right. what I mean? They're counting yep. on health and bounce back years. And it's typical propaganda from the Cardinals, okay? So right. they could either – they could win that division pretty easily – or they could finish, it depended upon, again, age, injuries, this and that, and everything else. But they do have tremendous potential. I mean, they got two young players, like I told you, and Walker and Gorman that are monsters. And I mean monsters, these guys are. And they have a lot of other good players. And, 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 and I'm going to tell you, I got to think about the Packers. And one, one thing before I get to the Packers, Jason Whitlock, who you spoke about, is he became a Christian, I guess, a couple of years ago. And the reason why he said that about the Super Bowl is he takes a that perspective it, it, looking at it. So it's not like he's being, you know, just he, he's looking at it in that way. So that's mm-hmm. why he came up with that thing, that, you know, that sort of situation. Right. But I totally agree with Jason Whitlock on Stephen A. Smith. He's the biggest phony I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. But getting to the Packers, as far as the Packers are concerned, we're not going. We can't even talk about the draft really until we see what they do in free agency. Because what right. they do in free agency is going to affect how they draft. So if they sign some safeties or something in free agency and a linebacker, then they're not going to go after those guys. Well, here's the thing, though. Let me ask you this, Gerard. I and and this is where we could kind of differ because I don't care what you do in free agency. I'm still taking best available. Because you can Absolutely. never have too much talent. And that's the one thing that Ted Thompson did the first couple of years that he was the general manager here. He just kept stockpiling talent. And if you had an injury, you had another good guy ready to go. If you had another injury, you had another good guy ready to go. Same thing with I the agree. offensive line. So to me, it the, the free agent market, yeah, if you've got two guys that you believe are kind of rated the same and one's a tight end and one is a pass rusher and you've already picked up the extra tight end, so now you need a pass rusher, go in that direction. But otherwise, I'm just taking whatever the draft gives me, I'm taking the best available. Well, you have to in that situation because if they do feel – look, and here's another thing I want. I don't want to hear anybody saying – well, they don't want to spend, they'll spend $10 million on a safety because they don't want to spend the 18 and 19 it's going to take if Whitfield is available. No, 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 no. We need a game changer back there. Like you've been saying, a Woodson type or somebody like a Collins. We need. We don't need average or a little better. We don't need another Amos. We need a game changer back there. Guys, that's going to make the big play when the team is driving to go ahead of us at the end of the game. We need that type of player. We don't need the average safety. We Goody, look, Goody has to know this. So he knows we need a game changer on defense, like you've been saying, and, and that's what we have to look at. It, look, instead of getting too average or, or, or a little bit of a mediocre linebacker and a safety, go out there and get the big player. Go out there and get that guy. I don't want to see, you know, we got it, like you said, fill a hole with this guy, do this. No, 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 no. We need a game changer because within the next two years, I'm telling you, if he has another decent draft and we fill the hole, like I'm just saying, I believe we got a legit shot to go to Super Bowl. I believe that. And we got to add two running backs in the draft. Definitely two running backs in the draft. There's a lot of running backs there. We need a Jones type like everybody's been saying. And then, you know, just another guy in there, you know, that you might draft. And relatively, if there's a good running back with your second pick in the second round, 
or like you said, the best player, or he's the best player yep. or whatever, I'm telling you, I'm taking him. And I'm taking yep. another running back at the end of the third round with the second pick in the third round. So that's the way I'm going to look at it because you need depth, like you said. And, and Jones, look, I love, everybody loves Aaron Jones. But he's been hurt a lot, and he's getting older, so you can't really 100% count on him, okay? So you're going to need these guys that can go to distance. We don't need the plow horses. I'm so tired of hearing that in the weather. I, I, you know, we need the plow horse because of the weather in Green Bay. No, we don't. No, we don't. Because mm-hmm. these guys, the way they tackle today, all you need is one move and you're gone. So right. that's it, whether it's on a field is snowing or whatever – the guy's still going to be go go to the house. So yeah. that's what I'm looking at. And like I, you know, again, we cannot settle for saying, well, we'll get two guys for ten million each instead of one guy for twenty. When the one guy for twenty can be the game changer. That's what we have to look exactly. at: a leader and a game changer. So yep. no, I completely oh, thanks, agree. Thanks, Bill. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, buddy. There you go. Good stuff, and Gerard uh, obviously uh, giving us a little lowdown on the St. I don't mind that. I don't mind getting a little lowdown on the St. Louis Cardinals. Good, good stuff. Let's do this. We'll step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We got a lot more to get to. We still got three segments yet to go. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at the Calderon Club. Great Italian food, uh, hands down, the best, hands down, the best. And I have more and more people that are telling me that who travel all over the country. So 838 Old World, 3rd Street, downtown Milwaukee, right across the street from the Hyatt Hotel. Maybe you made it down there last night for a little, you know, uh, romantic tete-a-tete, uh, if you will. Uh, otherwise, maybe you're looking to do something like that this weekend because you're celebrating Valentine's Day this weekend. Uh, you can either go to Calderon Club or just go do the pizza thing and a couple of the other gourmet items they have over at San Giorgio Pizzeria Napolitana. Either place, you cannot go wrong. Both of them, fantastic, fantastic places. And uh, Gino, the owner of both, is just one of the best people there is. And uh, he's a family man, a hardcore worker, and uh, just great people in general. Been down there a long time, and I don't think you're going to find anybody to give you a bad word about the guy. He's just that good. Call her own club in San Giorgio on Old World 3rd Street, downtown. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show hey if by chance maybe this morning even uh, if you're out cruising around early on in work and uh, you had maybe yourself a fender bender because of the snow check out our friends at one collision county line that is one collision county line in Menominee falls did a fantastic job on my vehicle fantastic on my car and they're just great to deal with the fact that they keep you up to date every step of the way you get text messages and such uh, and they work great with insurance companies, great with deductibles. Call them, 262-251-1700. I hope you never have to use them. But if you do, you got to give them a call, 262-251-1700, 262-251-1700. That's one collision county line in Menominee Falls. Again, 262-251-1700. Give them a shout. 
Um, I was I was trying to find this here real quick um, because one of the um, one one of the Blake Snell's still available too, which again it's a Scott Boris guy, so Scott Boris is going to hold out until the bidding war gets heated. But uh, I was kind of when I started to go through the free agents that are still available when it comes to Major League Baseball, um, Blake Snell, a Cy Young Award winner, preparing himself right now without a clue as to where he's going to play because he's still on the open market. So not that I think the Brewers are going to dive into the Blake Snell market, but wouldn't that be fantastic if they did? Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't, but, but again, it's Scott Boris. He's a Cy Young Award winner. He's probably looking upwards of $250 million bucks, and there's no way the Brewers are going to dive into that pool. But Blake Snell right now doesn't have any takers. Has the, the market, do, do you think because of the giant contracts grant, that have been doled out over the years that the big league, the, the, the big city markets, the big market teams, I'm not going to say they've tapped out, but they've kind of like maxed out what it is they can do monetarily. And that leaves the mid to small market teams to fight for the, for the likes of it. Cause I can't believe a Blake Snell has not been, been snapped up yet. You know what I mean? Well, baseball free agency always seems to take so long. Like, I think if if Rob Manfred and Major League Baseball had their druthers, they they would have a window of free agency where it all kind of happens at once. So we could all get excited about it and we could do shows and podcasts and but it's spread out over such a long period of time. So I I think that's a little bit of an issue for baseball. I also think that we've gotten to the point where these contracts are so big and the duration of the contracts are so long Yep. Like, even a team like the Phillies, they gave that contract to Trey Turner last year. They know that's not going to age well, right? right. A 10- or 12-year contract, even if the player's great, that contract isn't going to age well. So basically, the way I see it, if if one of these large market teams is looking at signing a contract, they basically have to ask, okay, do we have enough money to sign a contract we know is going to be bad, right? right? And that's like, just because you can doesn't mean you should. I think that's exactly. part of the battle in in contract disputes like this and free agency battles like this, too. Exactly. And I, I look at this uh, for going into this season right now. You look at the Yankees. Yankees at $290 million is where they're at. The Mets right behind them. The Mets going from $320 million last year. They've cut that by over $40 million, down to $280 million, right behind the uh, Yankees. Then you got the Astros at 237 The Phillies, like you said, sitting at 226 The Blue Jays at 222 The Braves at 221 Rangers at 215 Dodgers are down to a mere $209 million. The, the Dodgers, remember, they were like the Mets. They had, at one point, I think it was, it might have been a league record. They had 320 I want to say $23, 24000000 million of salary at one point. And they didn't make money, and they didn't win it. And they were, they, even the Dodgers started to scale back a little bit. Just to say, okay, wait a minute, this is getting crazy. We, you know, it's it's not just about spending money; it's about spending money on quality. So you're right. Some of these contracts that were signed, I think we're starting to see a little bit of a major league baseball reversal. Now I know the players' association's pissed off because they want really good players signed early, so they set the bar and set the level for high tide raising all ships monetarily. The problem is you got a guy like Boris who is just hell-bent on taking all of his guys to free agency and waiting until the very last minute to squeeze every drop out of every team he can possibly get. Now you're starting to see the teams go, nah, we'll wait on it. And we'll wait until camp gets going. And then that usually doesn't work out real well. If you don't get a guy into camp early 
and get them working out and, and doing baseball stuff. Now, they may be doing stuff like in their backyard or where their training facilities are or whatever, but if you really don't get them indoctrinated and get them up to speed, it, it, it never really ends well that first year. Usually they get hurt or they have a strain. Or I'm talking more pitchers than anything. They have a strain or maybe they get off to a slow start and they can't figure it out because either the size of the contract and they're trying to prove themselves or they just didn't do everything they needed to do to prepare for the season because they knew they were going to get paid. So it, it, it's if I'm a general manager, I mean, yeah, Blake Snell's sitting out there, but I – at this point in time, it's like, dude, you're going to take whatever whatever somebody's willing to give you at this point. And I don't think it's going to be top dollar like you were told by Scott Boris and sold by Scott Boris at the beginning of free agency. I just don't. But we shall see what he ends up signing. So, uh, But, yeah, you've got uh, the Major League Baseball payroll tracker right now. Where are the Brewers? Uh, the league average this year is – Sitting about where the 12th spot, 13th spot would be at $146.1 million. And that would put the Milwaukee Brewers at 24th. 24th. Now, they've got a lot of young talent, but they're $88 million. So, the Brewers actually, you think about this, because I'm looking at this real quick. Uh, the projected total team payroll is going to be right around $90, $95 million. But the uh, Christian Yelich, by far, is still the top dollar guy at $22 million this season. Willie Adamas at twelve point two, And then you get into Hoskins at twelve. But after that, it's Wade Miley at 7, Devin Williams at 7, Peralta at 5. It's, they got a lot of smaller contracts that, you know, you know, Ashby's only 1.4, Piamps is 1.6, Hobie Milner's 2 million, Churio is 2.2, Colin Ray is 3.5. These are the this is these are minimal contracts the Brewers have. So on one hand, you go, oh, they're keeping the payroll down and they've still got talent, which is great. But on the other hand, I also look at it and go, you know, they could add a bigger number. What you don't want to do if you're the Brewers, and you're absolutely right. It's not about paying somebody $30 million this year. It's about paying somebody $30 million for the next seven years. That's what they don't want to do because those don't age well. I mean, their big chance they took was on Christian Yelich and got burned a little bit. But if you had to pay, instead of paying 27 to 30, 35 million this year, if you could pay two years of $40 million, you do it. Somebody makes 80 million bucks, it's generational money, it's great, and they still have another bite at the apple. You do that. And then you take then you're pushing your chips to the middle of the table. It's just tough to find guys that are willing to like look, you look at a Blake Snell. He's not taking a two or three year deal. He's taking he wants five to seven year deal. Minimal. That's what he's looking for. The Brewers for pitching, the Brewers aren't willing to do that. But if you get a guy that's say a really good bat, say like a third baseman would be out there or what have you. I'd do that for a couple of years. If I'm Mark Antanasio, I'd say, yeah, we're going to commit 35, 40 million bucks, push ourselves up against the budgetary salary cap in our own backyard and say, let's go for it. I do that in a heartbeat, but you're not going to find most because of the length of these contracts. You're not going to find a lot of these, these, these agents willing to take that. And that's part of the problem, which if, Hey, if I, if in baseball, if you don't have a salary cap, that's fine. But what I would say is, then put a cap on the number of years you can pay somebody. You can't go past five. That changes things. 
then again, you're going to find a team like the Yankees that's going to be willing to give somebody $120 million over the next two years, and then you're going to be, well, we can't afford that either. So that I get. But there, there would have to be some kind of compromise because some of these contracts, small market teams can't get involved in because they don't have the ability to absorb seven to ten years of 20 to $30 million if this guy turns out to be a dud. But they could absorb it if it was only a couple of years or trade it away and the guy would still be viable to a big market team. So maybe instead of doing a salary cap, maybe that's the answer. Maybe that's the answer. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout, um, go ahead and do so. Uh, 877-867-1670. Uh, let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. Two segments yet to go. One of them being, what do we miss? Stay tuned. We got more. Bill Michael Show coming up. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back, Bill Michael Show. A couple of segments to go before we get out of here. 877-867-1670. Um, this one's from uh, Jake. Uh, no, I read that a little bit earlier. Who's this one from? This is uh, this is Valerie. She said, excited about Brewers baseball season. Uh, uh, well, you know what? That's more... <laughs> Asking about Kristen. I, yeah, I had mentioned that, uh, that uh, the current bank she works for, they do uh, a lot of stuff with uh, the Brewers. So, yes, to answer your question, uh, they do have a suite down there. But, no, I don't get a chance to use it. That's Every now and then she'll say, hey, we got the extra ticket. It's like an hour or two before the game when one of their clients cancels or they can't bring a guest. Then she'll say, hey, do you want to go? Beyond that, I don't, I don't – she doesn't look at me as somebody that – is going to help her business. <laughs> when it comes to moving money around, I'm an idiot. You know, if you want me in there and talking sports and meeting and greeting clients, I'll do that all damn day. But beyond that, psh, nobody needs me. <laughs> That's for sure. Dan says, um, my heart goes out to the Kansas City Chiefs and their fans and the tragedy that took place yesterday. It's been all over the news today. Uh, the three teens that did the shooting. Uh, it's a tragedy that they've been allowed out on the streets for so long after committing so many crimes. Uh, on and on. Um, this is a long one. Um, he gets into baseball. He says, do you think the Brewers have two more moves left in them? They need to shore up the third base position. And if they do make a trade and get rid of Sal Freely, do you think they still need then another outfielder? Um, okay, two things here. First and foremost, um, the to say, I think that the Brewers would have. I mean, if you if you consider Joey Weimer the other X factor in all of this, if his you know bat has come around, he's a defensive outfielder that can play. There's no doubt about that. So yeah, you would kind of have that extra body in the rotation. But I, I don't know. Whatever you get for Sal Freelich, if 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 indeed the rumors are true, I'm saying if indeed they're true, then you're looking for either a, an ace arm who's got a couple of years left because you want to bolster your rotation, or 
you're looking for another couple of arms, young arms that you can bring up and maybe are ready to go now, but can start maybe in the pen and you can deepen your pen. Um, Bob and Claire says that uh, the Yankees offered Snell and he turned it down. He's looking for three, 30 million plus a year. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying is with Blake Snell, that's still out there. It's not necessarily by his, you know, by everybody else's choice. That's what Boris does is he turns down the major deals and then he keep, keeps his clients out. And Scott Boris has been known to do that, which is why when, but, but I will say this, he has had clients the Brewers have dealt with and they've been somewhat amicable. It's, it's, the big clients, he you know, he's taken by by far, like Corbin Burns and company, he's taken them to free agency regardless. If you offer him four hundred million, I'll go. Nah, it's just that's you know, we're going to go and we're going to start a bidding war because now we know what the what now we know what the basement is. If the Yankees offered three hundred million dollars or thirty million plus a year for ten years, then you know that's your basement. So now somebody out there is going to go thirty three, thirty five, thirty eight. Somewhere in there. And they, they know that's kind of your starting offer. But you do run the risk of pricing yourself out of that market. And in essence, you have to take a short-term deal for a little bit more money. And hopefully you get another bite at the apple. But I just wonder if somebody's eventually going to give him the money. What do you, what do you think he ends up with, Grant? Do, do, because, uh, again, a Boris client sitting on the open market – you don't hear a lot of people going, hey, we're in the Blake Snell uh, you know, sweepstakes. You're not hearing a lot about it. Do you think then, uh, do you think he ends up for signing for $250 million or $150 million or something to that effect and then gets another bite of the apple in a couple of years? I'm not sure. I kind of feel like this is the big one for Blake Snell. I don't know how many years it will be, so that makes it hard to approximate like the total value. But the Yankees, like this is the last bit of information we have about the Yankees, or I guess about Blake Snell, is that they offered him and they were willing to pay him more than they were willing to pay or or paid Carlos Rondon, which would be like $27 million a year. I guess Mm -hmm. what I'm reading now, and I just did a little bit of research over the break, is Snell wants 30 per. He wants 30 a year. And I don't know how many years that turns into. I, I, I don't know how teams settle on this, like when... When a team and a player settles on a 13-year deal, it's like I don't, right. I don't know the the math behind how they did that. But it seems like 30 million. That's kind of the number they're looking for. Yeah. I, uh, now, if it's 30 million over what seven, that's 210 million bucks. 210 million bucks. That's that's just it. If he's 30 million for three years, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Go for it. Why not? But if he's thirty million and the minimum they're willing to take is say six, no, nah, not going to do that. Because if he's only good for two, then you're stuck. Then you're really stuck. I wonder how. Because a small. Well, Go ahead. I, well, I was just going to say, I wonder what this means for Corbin Burns in a year when he hits free agency. He's probably going to be. He wants to be a two hundred million dollar guy, but I, I kind of think he needs an awesome year this year to really cement him as as that true ace and that number one guy that can get number one money. Right. Uh, 877-867-1670. Uh, this is from Jody who says, uh, do you believe what was said on the Pat McAfee show? First of all, we, we're on the air when Pat McAfee's on the air saying that it's the Colin Kaepernick curse for the San Francisco 49ers. They turned their back on him and the universe now remembers it. No, again, like superstitions and other crap. No, you know, it was like the curse of the Bambino. No, I don't, I don't believe that. I believe in circumstance and players play and 
Nobody is out there with a black cloud over their head. It just doesn't happen. You know, everything happens for a reason. And, you know, if a guy gets hurt, sometimes it's timing. If a guy gets hot, sometimes it's timing, whatever. But I don't believe that suddenly San Francisco's cursed because they turned their back on Colin Kaepernick. And let me express something here real quick, just so we're all in understanding. Colin Kaepernick had another year on his contract and chose not to play. It wasn't the other way around. Are we clear? Thank you very much. 877-867-1670. Mark says, uh, who do you think has the best pitching staff in the National League Central, whether it's the young guys that the Brewers have or it's the veterans that the Cardinals have? Give me your thoughts. Mark, on paper, it's the Cardinals. When you look at the names they have, it's the Cardinals. They, they, they've got, by far, the best staff. Sonny Gray, Mikolas, uh, Gibson, Lance Lynn. Um, who's the other one I'm forgetting? Steven Matz. All of those guys. They've got experienced guys. Now, the other thing to remember is they don't have one guy in that rotation that's under the age of, what, 32, I think? I think Matt's is the youngest one of the bunch. He's on the back end of the rotation. It's, I think he's 32. But Sonny Gray's older. Sonny Gray's got to be closing in on mid-30s. He's got to be 34, 35. Mikolas is 35. I read We read that in that article. Gibson's 36. That I do know. Um, I, I don't know how Lance Lynn is. I think Lance Lynn's like 35. I could be wrong. But that on paper, that's they they have it. But in reality, Wainwright was a guy that was getting up there in years and just kept pitching and pitching and pitching and pitching. But every year, he like Puxatawney Phil seeing his shadow. It was Wainwright was going to go down with a long-term injury. We're going to learn this year, to Gerard's point about the Cardinals, whether the Cardinals still have any devil magic left or not. This is going to be right. the year because they signed a bunch of aging guys that don't have put-away stuff. Like, these are not strikeout pitchers. These are aging mm-hmm. contract pitchers. If they get this team back into form and they can compete, then I'll believe in the Cardinals once again. But I kind of think this team is going to bust, and it's going to be a very fascinating situation to watch in St. Louis because the fans aren't going to like it, right? They're not a team that's right. used to rebuilding or being bad. I'm I'm very interested to see how it goes. You know what's interesting? I'm sitting here in the studio, and I've got uh, the Four Letter Network on and the Mina Kimes show on ESPN2 is on right now. And I guess what they're doing is replaying the interviews from Super Bowl. I just saw you walk by. <laughs> what? Grant Bills just walked by in the uh, the drapey Hawaiian esque style of uh, Packers shirt with the white T shirt underneath. You just walked by, just kind of like you're wandering around, like just meandering, this, you know, which is pretty funny. So you just walked by. I was I was trying to photobomb. What can I say? I was I was completely distracted, completely distracted. I'm sitting here watching this and. I look over and I just happen to look up and I'm like, what is this? And I'm like looking at it and I think, okay, there's Super Bowl, the the Super Bowl 58 poster. And I'm thinking, wait, wait, what? And then there you go, walking by. (laughs) So there you go. Uh, 877-867-1670. Let's do this. We got our final break. A little what do we miss? It's all coming up and uh, it's coming up right after this. Stay right where you're at. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Bill Michaels Show, final segment before we get out of here for the day. Good to have you on board. Um, this is from, uh, real quick, this is from Anthony. Anthony says, Bill, do you got a favorite driver this year in the uh, 500? I really don't, to be honest with you. I uh, I enjoy the Daytona 500, but I, I really don't have, like, uh, I'm not into it like others are. What I like about the 500 is just, sitting back and watching and having it on in the background. And then, you know, if, if it's a good race down at the end, you know, you watch the last, you know, 50 laps or something like that. But I don't really sit down to say, okay, it's not like Super Bowl Sunday, you know, Super Bowl Sunday, you pretty much plan your day around it, right? You're going to run here. You're going to go to the grocery store. You're going to do this. You're going to come home. You're going to start cooking this. You're going to make your chili. You're going to get your crackers. You're going to get your cheese. going to get your sour cream. going to get it all out. Got to cool the beer, get, you know, everything. That's your Super Bowl Sunday. This, for me anyway, is when I get home, I'll check out the ending. And maybe on the way home, instead of cooking something, maybe I'll pick something up. <laughs> That's kind of it. But, no, I'm not I'm not that uh, kind of a hardcore fan. I do like it, though. When I'm there, when I'm on site at NASCAR or IndyCar or whatever – uh, you bet. I uh, I love I love the start of the race. I love watch the, the middle of the race to me, especially when you're at Road America, because they go by and then you got to wait. You wait two minutes till they come back. Um, so you do stuff. You're talking with friends. You're having a drink. You're grilling out. You're you know. Uh, but when you get down towards the end of the race, I usually try to find a spot where I can see not only a big screen, so I can see the end, but I can see a lot of the where where the good action will be. You know, turn five is a good one. The carousel is a good one. You know, maybe come, you know, two, turn 14, good one, you know, things like that. So, but, uh, but yeah, thanks for asking. I, I appreciate it. Uh, so it's that time. We got a few minutes before we get out of here. So I asked Grant Bills, what did we miss? I got two things. Uh, the second thing is kind of funny. It's a little bit of audio that I want to play you from an NBA game last night. The first, you know, we didn't talk much about the shooting that happened in Kansas City yesterday. I don't really have much to say, nor do I think this is always the correct platform for that. But a really cool story out of a tragic situation. Albert Breer reported this yesterday, and I just mm-hmm. thought that this was cool. Uh, the Chiefs left the parade in buses. They were in shock. But Albert Breer was told by lots of people who were there, apparently, that a bunch of the Chiefs players were sitting with the kids that were separated from their parents, Blaine Gabbert, Trey Smith, Austin Ryder. And he said Trey Smith specifically went to one upset kid and gave him a WWE belt and sat with him until he could calm down. Oh, that's cool. Helped him find his parents. So horrible situation. But I just I thought that was a little bit of light in another yeah. one. pretty dark afternoon. Hey, by the way, speaking of that, the two individuals that are on film tackling one of the shooters, kudos to them. Did you see that? Yeah, them as well. Yep. Yeah, kudos to them, man, for standing up. Because I've thought about that a dozen times about what would you do in that situation, and kudos to them for standing up and saying we got you. And uh, they they tackled one of the shooters and took the gun out of his hand. So, kudos. I think the gun actually fell out of his coat, but regardless, they ended up stopping him, grabbing the gun, and uh, held him down until the authorities got him. So, kudos to them. Some real Americans still out there. That's great. So yes. Now moving on from that, something funny that I wanted to play you. So. I don't know if you've ever watched NBA League Pass when you could switch back and forth between the games, but they don't show commercials. They just show what's going on in the arena. So if mm-hmm. there's like a trivia thing on the big board or whatever you you were right. watching, it's like you're at the game, but watching on TV. And someone tweeted out the clip last night. The, this account says, League Pass is hilarious because I think I just heard the worst national anthem ever. It's from an <laughs> elementary school band. And I got to, this is a 20 second clip. I got to play this for you. Now, these are kids, remember. 
But that, mm -hmm. that to me, at least, doesn't make this any less funny. Not bad. You can pick out what song it is, but I saw this clip and I was just laughing out loud yeah. earlier today. Oh. Not bad. Not bad. There you go again. You and Mojo. You and Moj from uh from, from our friends in Vancouver, Canada, who we had on the on the program out at Radio Row. You just walked by again as Mina Kimes is interviewing Jerry Rice. Uh no, that's I have heard uh worse. And you go to some minor league parks and now it's kids, so you just give them credit for doing it, you know, because you figure totally. how hard do these music teachers work to get these kids to be able to either sing it or because some kids' voices have not really developed. Like you'll get like grade schoolers, elementary schoolers, and they're in, and they'll sing it. And you'll just close your eyes and you go, oh, you know, like like oh god, nails on a chalkboard. But you give them credit because they're so excited to do it. And the music teachers have worked so hard with them to do it. And some groups that do that, there's some kids that don't sing. They're just there. And they're just moving their lips. They don't really sing because they're too cool for that. You know, where I, I've seen it. You go to a, you go to minor league games, uh, admirals, admirals do that. You'll see, you'll see a lot of kids groups, Cub Scout groups, music groups from different elementary schools and such. They'll all be singing a national anthem, too, or playing it like that. So they, they do all that stuff, too. So, you know. It's hard enough to get a bunch of kids to sit still for an hour, let alone right. to take an instrument and to take care of the instrument and keep it. I was an orchestra in high school, and I was a terrible kid. I look back, it's like, God, being a band conductor or an orchestra teacher in high right. school or middle school, that's that you are an actual saint. So yes. I don't mean to laugh at the kids. It's just imagine if you're cruising League Pass and all of a sudden you stumble across you you come across that, yeah. I, you, no, I can, I can see that. I, because you, you'll be listening, and you, maybe it's catching your ear in the background. All of a sudden, you go, "What, what, what, what the hell's that? What?" And you'll think that has to be a drunken band, and then you realize that it's not. It's a bunch of kids, and you're like, "Oh, okay." At least you give them credit. It, it changes your perspective. But yes. So uh, we got about a minute left. What do we got coming up tomorrow on the program? Well, we're going to talk with Kevin Holden. Uh, I, I shot him a message. We just got to nail down a time, do some more baseball stuff, and Excellent. I would like to. I don't know. I want to start talking about the combine and the draft and the Packers offseason. It's it's almost like we need to let the Super Bowl breathe for a week before we can move on to that. But we're going to continue to do some Brewers stuff tomorrow. Yeah. Excellent. So we got Brewers stuff coming up tomorrow. Anything that breaks in the National Football League, we'll have that coming up tomorrow. Uh, any Bucks stuff? Bucks, Bucks basketball tonight, right? Yeah, last game before the All-Star yeah, break there in Memphis. Right before tonight. the All-Star break. And uh, so we got that coming up tonight. Uh, by, oh, by the way, one of the things that uh, we we did miss, and I wonder if it's still there. Um, you had who got arrested in the NBA for throwing punches before? Uh, th there it is. There it is. Drew Eubanks so you, and Isaiah Stewart. I yes, think. Isaiah Stewart arrested for assault last night. Uh, they were getting ready to play and they got into it. Drew Eubanks was the receiver, but in the arena just hours before the teams, both teams played. So since it wasn't actually on the court, so to speak, in the in the midst of a game, Isaiah Stewart punched him in the face, got arrested. So there you go, a little fisticuffs before the game via the NBA. Not something that the NBA is proud of, but that's another little little tidbit we kind of glossed over today. We didn't happen to get that in there, so there you have it. All right, good stuff on everybody's part today. Fun, fun program today. Sometimes when you come with not a whole lot, you walk away with just a, a better day. There you go. Good stuff. All right, that'll do it. Time for us to get out of here until we talk again 20 hours from now. Have a go. Good. <laughs>